Thanks very much for joining us for episode 16 of InTech Freight and Logistics, the podcast. I'm Kevin Baxter, and I'm joined by my co-host for this edition, InTech President Shelley Austin. On this episode, we're checking in with one of just six Class 1 railroads in the U.S., and the only one with trackage in Mexico. Let's get started. Canadian Pacific Railway and Kansas City Southern Railways recently merged to form the Class 1 railroad now known as CPKC. Combining these two major railroads is expected to lead to several service enhancements, including perhaps the most notable single-line service between Canada, the U.S., and Mexico. To discuss what this service means for intermodal transportation and more about CPKC, we welcome Melanie Kuntz, Director of Business Development for Domestic Intermodal at CPKC. Melanie, thanks for joining us. Thank you all so much for having me. So first off, tell us a little bit about uh, the company and uh, your role. Yeah, thank you. CPKC, as you mentioned, is uh, comprised of the Canadian Pacific and Kansas City Southern, two historic iconic railroads with more than 120 years in service. We merged officially in April of 2023, and we are the physical bridge that will forever connect the three nations of North America together. I'm very excited and happy to be a part of this company. As you mentioned, I'm a director of business development in our domestic intermodal division. I am primarily responsible for growth in our refrigerated product between our partners and focus of fulfillment of our 1,053-foot refrigerated containers in this new quarter of the MMX. And so the merger was finalized, you mentioned, a few months ago. How are things progressing? I know there's there's certainly a lot of things that have probably already changed, but plenty of things that are in process as well, right? Absolutely. First, it's been a phenomenal 100 plus days. We have a team united and focused forward for significant growth, continuing leading efforts of safety and alignment to provide precision scheduled railroading. So overall, yes, as you mentioned, a lot of change, but really positive, positive change coming. Excellent. So, Melanie, I thank you so much. Kevin got to thank you, but I'm going to jump in there and thank you for, for, for joining us. Um, this is super exciting, right? I mean, you know, as we spend our careers in, in the railroad industry, it's not often you have something this new, right? You get new service lanes, you get new different types of things all the time. But this is this is monumental and, and so cool to have this join in this new service. So tell us a little bit about the enhanced service opportunities as we look at nearshoring and all the things that are going on in our world today that with the past few years, with the pandemic and everything that has kind of shifted our market and shifted how things work in our industry, where items are being sourced, how is this service kind of enhancing the opportunities with the railroad? So I think it's it's doing phenomenal things for us. You know, Shelly, my background has been spent in the trucking side of the world. So to be a new railroader and embark on something that's is historic and you know it's it's changing the history and and kind of the way things supply chain is going to be going forward i think that's in a simple nutshell what does this offer it's connecting all three nations together we're offering a true cross-border solution with one railroad it's never been done before so i think it's a loaded statement but it is so impactful yeah, absolutely is. And I think one of the things too, Melanie, is that, you know, I think for other folks, and we do a lot of uh, Mexico business and Canadian business alike, but, you know, especially talking about Mexico, which is just 
booming right now, that can be a little daunting for folks to truly understand what the options are for the services in and out of Mexico. One, because, you know, a lot of times there's a, a language barrier, but two, because the rules of engagement of how you execute shipments is different than what we're used to in, you know, the U.S. itself. So, you know, how does the CPKC kind of work in that knowledge and that assistance to help people really function well with all those different nuances in, in doing business in the other countries? So I think a couple of things we've got, we've got staff staged throughout all three countries. So the language barrier becomes null and void because we're a company apprised with multiple bilingual, trilingual staff. So that's a huge, you know, benefit for us. But I think overall, it's the hundred plus years of history together being combined, it's that knowledge. We've got experts in various different roles, cross-border, specifically working with different government agencies to understand the inspection process. We've got people on boards that are are influencing the supply chain and the transportation. I think it's kind of a combination of really solid, excellent, hardworking individuals coming together and unified, you know, with this growth of forward thinking. Yeah, that's very cool. So, Melly, tell me, I mean, we spent a lot of time kind of chatting through the service, but I know there's other services out there and you mentioned even your history with truck. So tell us about this particular service and how it differentiates itself from other service offerings in, in this kind of corridor. So, okay, a couple of things. I want to give a quote from Jonathan Waba, our SVP of sales and marketing. He's in our intermodal automotive and bulk. So he's got a full plate right now. If anybody has done any cross-border business in and out of Mexico, you understand the congestion that we're all facing right now. The World Trade Bridge at Laredo and Nuevo Laredo is probably one of the busiest and most congested border crossings on the continent. In addition, there are other problems or challenges, I guess we should understand. Every night at midnight, the border crossing closes at midnight and opens up again at 8 a.m. On the weekends, it closes by 4 p.m. until the next morning. On contrast, the rail bridge is open 24 hours a day. We have a second bridge being built right now, anticipated in completion of 2024. It will up our capabilities to run almost 80 trains a day, northbound, southbound. That, that's wow. huge. Yeah. Yeah. So so then you take into consideration, as you mentioned, the supply chain over the last few years. I think we all have a little bit of whiplash of what we've experienced over the last couple of years in terms of driver shortages, supply disruptions, you know, heavy ordering, lack of space. That bridge has had so many challenges of the import export business and the truckers in, in that particular regard, they sit in lines every single day waiting to cross. We don't have that on our intermodal side of the business. So I think that's one huge pro in our case with MMX service, being able to offer consistent, reliable service to not only shippers and receivers, but helping aid carriers and continuing the flow of traffic. So Melanie, you, you made a point there that just, just jumped out at me and, and I hadn't really thought about it before, but you know, with all of the fraud and cargo theft and everything that's going on, and it just has been so heightened here recently. When you talk about, you know, um, truckload when the bridge closes down at a certain time and it opens up at another time, I've always felt, and I, I think I, I, I probably heard this somewhere, so it's probably not my epiphany. Um, I, I would guarantee that, but I, you know, I've always heard, well, let's put it that way, that when something stops in transit, that's when 
it's exposed, right? That's when you're exposed to to theft and because it's stopped and it's kind of out there available. So would you agree that with this service that doesn't have to stop, that just continues to go in the in the cargo's continuing in a forward fashion, that that reduces, you know, theft possibilities and, and cargo loss? Absolutely. And to take it a step further outside of just the theft and, and loss of product to avoid that congestion at the border of transloading, you have less wear and tear on your product. So the, yeah. you know, overall what you're getting, you have less exposure to claims. That's huge. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So as we're talking about the actual cargo and that type of thing, so tell us on this service, you know, we're, we're definitely focused on on intermodal. Are there particular commodities that work well for, for this type of service? Is it all commodities? You mentioned you guys have reefers. You, you got you guys have got reefers. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm not sure everybody knows that, you know, you have your own equipment and at that you have temp control equipment. So tell us a little bit about the commodity space and what what you see, you know, working the best. Well, hold on to your seat, Shelly, because I'm <laughs> helping move produce, fresh produce on this train. And we're moving protein to kind of taboo commodities that you'd never think would go on a train. We're doing flawlessly. We're moving this product today and it's going phenomenal. So that would be attributed to the the speed, Melanie? Is that because, you know, a lot of times I, I think produce is taboo because of the shelf life, right? I mean, so is it is Correct. a lot of that attributed to the speed? Absolutely. So the MMX Mexico Midwest Express, we're servicing a variety of commodities. So you've got automotive, you've got bulk, you've got food grade, refrigerated product, like I talked about. We're also servicing international through the port of Lazaro Cardenas in Mexico. So there's a lot of opportunity, especially for growth. But yes, a lot of this in the refrigerated space is attributed to the speed. It is truck-like service. Yeah, that, that was something that kind of stuck out to me when you were talking about the the tracks going 24 hours that pretty much negates the the typical difference between intermodal and truck that a lot of people think of yeah i think you know in past life you think of the typical manifest service and it will get there just not anywhere near the truck speed that you know most providers are shipping you know via over the road what i'm seeing with this service you know from chicago to laredo running in 72 hours that is solo truck service right there and it's happening on the train so you know you think about what that does when we've heard driver shortage for how many years and then things like 2020, 2021 hit, and you really feel the driver shortage. This solution offers, one, diversity to our current supply chain. It very much needed diversity and stability, especially if things like that happen again. You know, it puts us in a position where your freight will continue to move at a consistent, reliable, you know, nature. And, and we're doing exactly what we said we were going to do. It's been running flawlessly. As I mentioned, I think it launched in May and, and we have just seen extreme success from it. And this is just the tip of the iceberg because it's going to continue to grow. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, Melanie, you've been in sales for a really long time, not aging or either one of us. Um, I've known you for a really long time. How about that? So tell me, you know, kind of in a in a sales sense, I don't know if this is the best phrase. What, what's your best elevator pitch to, to get people hooked, to get people in on understanding the, the service, right? Because there's just so many different things and there's so many things you want to explain, but sometimes you lose people, right? So you want to get them in on that first hit of, of hey, this is what this new service can offer you. Yeah, I 
Absolutely, Shelly, not to age us because we're young and graceful <laughs> in this industry we, here. Uh, we are young, yes. <laughs> yes. So as you mentioned, I've worked in the transportation and logistics field for more double digits of my life. And most of that time has been spent working in the over-the-road refrigerated trucking space. To give a truck-like solution via the train with the latest technology, customers are already experiencing exceptional service in commodities that we never thought were an option, such as fresh produce and protein. Not only that, we're creating and improving sustainability and helping create a lower carbon economy in North America, which is huge. Everyone's talking about it right now. A single train is going to lessen the burden of aging bridges and highways We're going to continue to lower greenhouse gas emissions. One single train can take over 200 trucks off the road and or reposition them into more of a regional local type shuttle move. That's a win-win for our current economy and it positions customers and carriers alike, especially if we ever find ourselves in another situation like 2020 and 2021. Well, I think that was a very good elevator pitch, Melanie. and, And you had me on that. And I'll say that sustainability is definitely something that we have to talk about. And what's important is we really want to get to that point where sustainability is not just a tagline or a phrase that people are just saying that they do, where it's actually executed and facilitated and embedded into their daily practice. Absolutely. I do think that fit into an elevator ride, by the way, the elevator pitch. I think you got the timing down really well, like for about <laughs> what, how many stories, maybe like five stories or so. I think that, that was pretty cool. Um, so, so yeah, going back to this, uh, I mean, Shelly touched on it and you mentioned the movement of the sort of taboo items in the grocery realm, but is there really anything that, that this service can't do in terms of a shipper listening right now. Obviously, it's not all refrigerated for people out there, but the uh, Mexico service, is there really pretty much sky's the limit for, for options there? I think right now, absolutely. Let's let's get together. Let's talk. Let's do some test loads. Let's get comfortable with each other and what our service offerings are. But absolutely, we want to entertain and create a solution as often as we possibly can. And going back to the the distinction, really, with the, the single line. So obviously, people have been shipping across border Mexico, U.S., Canada in various forms and fashions over the years. So what what distinguishes this? So when you mentioned the fact that you don't have to worry about the language barrier because you've got staff on the same page all the way through. But what are some other distinctions between single line versus sort of putting a solution together with with multiple providers? From a rail perspective, time savings of not having interchanges or congestions at interchange points, that's a huge part of it in terms of the single solution. Up against truck, as I mentioned, it's also another time savings. Bypassing that congestion at the borders with transload options, delays of products sitting on docks, some of the challenges of just having the equipment staged right for that transload or the backups with some of those transload cold storage facilities in the refrigerated space. If you've been out to Laredo, it is, it's tight. There's not a lot of options and it is constantly busy. So I think to bypass a lot of that, it's giving you shelf lifetime back. It's giving customers more balance to their budgets because of the lack of, you know, cost with some of that time. I think it's just overall, it's a time and money save. And how about the the customs process? That's another thing that, you know, is, is a hesitation or a concern for good reason. How is that handled through this process? 
Well, I can't divulge everything, Kevin, right yet, <laughs> but I'm just going to give you a teaser that it is going to continue to get better and better and to continue to check us out with our press releases and our, our notes on LinkedIn because we're constantly revealing more, you know, press releases on different things that are changing. I would say we've got some of the best border operations staff that are constantly working with government officials, USDA and others to enhance and improve processes. Yeah. And I think that's really important, Melanie, in in a case like, you know, we're a 3PL and we're constantly wanting to do different things for our customers and help them out with different solutions. But, you know, it's daunting. As I mentioned earlier, I think I even use that word. That's terrible. But it is. It really is. It's a a bit frightening and creates a lot of anxiety for shippers and 3PLs alike if if they don't understand that process because it is different and it has its own unique Mm -hmm. nature to it. And with your abilities to kind of walk a customer through that and help them do it without it, being that big hairy beast, I guess I would say, is is really important for adding volume to these types of services. Yeah. And I, to take it a step further, it adds value, right? It's creating that relationship and, and really giving that customer the ability to think outside of the box. Because I think sometimes you look at it and you're like, oh man, there's only one way to do it. We're presenting another option, saving time and money, as I mentioned, but we're cultivating that trust and that relationship to just continue to be forward thinking. Yeah. And I think there's just going to be so many more opportunities as we, as we mentioned, you know, manufacturing and everything continues to shift and, and kind of go in that direction. Yes, for sure. So getting back to the sustainability bit, you talked about, you know, just as is right now, the advantages of using the railroad, but CPKC isn't stopping there. I know that uh, we actually had some folks from AAR on a couple episodes ago, and they mentioned that in terms of some of the climate change areas that are being worked on in the industry is uh, CPKC is testing hydrogen powered locomotives. So that would even take things to another level. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in December of 2020, Legacy CP had announced plans to develop North America's first line haul hydrogen powered locomotive by retrofitting a diesel freight locomotive with hydrogen fuel cells and battery technology to take it forward. They're continuously pressing that. In fact, there was just a press release between CPKC and another railroad with collaborative plans to develop additional hydrogen locomotives. It's going to continue to press forward. And some of that was with our own in-house folks. It's just amazing. Like I said, I think a huge part of CPKC's success is our staff. Just beyond amazing, very, very smart people. That's great. And, and, you know, really, as Shelly said, the talk is one thing, but to actually put it into action is is quite another. So to actually see some out there being in that testing phase and who knows how far down the road or or the rails in this case, uh, the, it'll really start to be implemented widely. It's exciting. Yeah. So there was one quote from Mr. Keith Creel, our president and CEO on this particular topic. If you don't mind, I'm going to read it to you because I think it, it really helps put some of this into perspective. This innovative collaboration expands our hydrogen locomotive program beyond a single railroad and represents an exciting next step in proving the long-term viability of hydrogen as a solution to emissions reduction in our industry. Our hydrogen locomotive went from concept to reality in 24 months with the first zero emissions hydrogen locomotive having already pulled freight in revenue service. We look forward to this collaboration as we work to create a lower carbon future. 
If that doesn't give you goosebumps, I don't know what will. That That is exciting. It is. It's fantastic. I, I just, it amazes me if we, if we think back how railroads started and, and, and <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you, the imagery, you, the yeah. imagery. I mean, I, I highly recommend if anybody is uh, and Kevin will strike this, if I can't say it, but if anybody's watched hell on wheels, you know, you, you see where, <laughs> where, it, you know, railroading started. And to think that when we're now talking about hydrogen powered locomotives just uh, blows my mind. It's just fascinating. Absolutely. Yes. Was it because the show shouldn't be endorsed or? Was oh, it- my gosh, it's phenomenal. <laughs> it, I highly recommend. I mean, it's one of those that you just binge, right? You get your get your popcorn, sit there and, you know, you do it one weekend and you, you figure out you never left the seat, right? It's, just, it's one of those. But for any railroader out there, I highly no. it's because I, the word, Kevin, the word, yeah. yes. <laughs> I think we'll be all right. I'm going to have to check it out. It'll pass standards and practices. Oh, Melanie, it's awesome. You got to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> So, Melanie, one one more thing before we start to wrap up here. You have the background in the trucking side of this. Uh, how has it been different switching over to to a different mode? Well, I retired my trucking hat and I am officially a railroader and I couldn't be more excited, you know, to join at a pivotal point with this merger and and to take part in creating a really amazing legacy is just, it's been exciting. It's been a breath of fresh air. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what is accomplished over the next few years as things continue to progress with this merger and us, you know, pushing forward with more positive change to the supply chain. I am very much a transportation person through and through. I've joked before, I could never work in another industry. Just this fast paced, constant changing environment has sucked me in and I I, I live for it. I, I thrive on this. And so to be a part of this space and, and this opportunity, I just, I, I feel very blessed and I'm excited personally to take part in this and, and to have a very, very small piece of this pie. So where can people go if something piqued their interest here to learn more about working with you and CPKC? Well, absolutely. First off, our website is constantly being updated with press releases and and other information that's very vital to the things we discuss. So our website's www.cpkcr.com or definitely follow us on LinkedIn. There are a lot of great podcasts and posts and, and other links that are shared out there on that site constantly. I can't wait for this podcast to get blasted out on LinkedIn as well. Yeah, absolutely. Melanie, we really appreciate you joining us and, and giving us all this information. And I, th- I think it's wonderful. Absolutely. Like I said, a lot more positive things will be coming, you know, and and we should stay very close to this, Shelly. I think there's a lot of opportunity for us all to continue to to continue to converse and and share and, and learn from each other. Absolutely. Let's go find the business. <laughs> Sounds good. Great. Thanks very much, Melanie. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you all so much. Thanks for joining us for InTech Freight and Logistics, the podcast. And thanks very much to Melanie Kuntz for taking the time to speak with us. Check out the links in the description to learn more about everything we discussed. Subscribe or follow now to ensure you get our latest episodes as soon as they're available. And you can help us out by rating and reviewing us wherever you listen. If you have questions, email us at podcast at intechlogistics.com and visit intechfreight-logistics.com for more about what we do. For Shelly Austin, I'm Kevin Baxter. We'll talk to you next time.